All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to Church Online this weekend. Welcome to City Hills Church. So excited to have you along for the ride today. Wherever you are and wherever you are joining us for worship this weekend, welcome in. And it is just my honor to welcome you uh, to church this weekend with us to worship. What a powerful season of worship and time of worship together. And uh, I'm just so excited about what God is going to do in this season. Now, it's a little different. And so as you watch today, maybe with a watch party, shout out to all the watch parties by the way. I'm so excited. Yeah. So excited. Yeah. Small groups are meeting right now, and maybe you're in somebody's living room or somebody's around the, you know, the kitchen table together, and uh, you know it's on the TV or you're around a tablet or a laptop computer. Just wherever it is that you're joining us today, uh, I'm just I'm excited, and I'm so thankful that you chose to do that, and I hope that you're uplifted today. I hope that you enjoy the service today. This is church. You know what? Church is not a building. Amen, everybody? It's just not a building. Church is people. doesn't matter where the people of God are. That's where church is. So wherever you are, that's where church is this weekend, and I'm just so glad you're here. And as you can tell, I have a little audience because I need an amen corner. Amen, everybody. I just need that when I preach, so I'm so excited to have you uh, along for that. And uh, before I jump into the message today, I just kind of want to give you a little heads up about where we are as a church family and what's going on in our church family. And uh, as you all, I'm sure, are keenly aware of just ever-evolving news and uh, it's just constantly changing, and we're doing our very best. When I tell you our leadership team, our elders, our trustees, our overseers, and then our pastors and staff are literally meeting consistently and constantly to, to just make the best decisions that we can and to bring you all that we are as a church, however it is that we can do that. So this is one of those ways uh, that we celebrate uh, worship together, we, we uh, pray for one another, and we open God's Word together, study God's Word. That's super important to us. And we do, right now we're doing that with Church Online. Uh, we're, we're still evaluating and getting better and doing the best that we can with that. We're still doing that in small groups, and our small groups, are some of them are choosing to meet you know, online and having virtual small groups. You say, well, that doesn't, that doesn't seem to do the same thing. Well, it does when you've been locked up with your two five-year-olds. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and You just need somebody to pray that you don't kill one of them before they go back to school. You appreciate an online small group. And so wherever that is, however that is, uh, and, and here's my commitment to you. I can't make you a ton of promises, honestly, in this season. Uh, there's just a lot changing, and it's ever-evolving, and we're going to do the very best we can to make the very best decision for our church family. But I'll promise you a couple of things, and that is I'll promise you that we will do the best we can to bring you a church experience every single week. I think there's something powerful about believers worshiping, praying, and studying God's Word together. Can you say amen to that? I think it, and I think you need a message of hope. I, I think I always do this, but I'm going to continue to bring you a message of hope, and here's why. Because you need it. And because you can't give it if you don't have it, right? You can't give hope to people that need it. And there are people in your world, in your life, on your job, in your neighborhood, people in your family, people that are close to you that need hope. And I want to fill you up with hope so that you can be your neighborhood hope dealer. Come on, somebody. Like, if somebody needs a, if somebody needs a little bit of hope, you look them right in the eye and say, hey, listen, pastor says it's going to be okay. God's word says it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. 
K. And watch parties. Let me just encourage you. I know this is our first weekend together, but over the next several weekends that we bring you church online, if you're able, if you're comfortable, if we're allowed, bring as many people as they'll let you. Come on, somebody. Like before the guys in the black suits with the dark glasses show up, you know, and, and, and bring them around your house if you're comfortable with that or join a watch party or a small group together. And don't just watch church. Wherever you are right now watching this service, don't just watch it. Worship along with it. Lean into it. You will get out of it what you expect and what you put into it. Amen, everybody? And so I hope that you're doing that. I want you to amen along with it. I feel that. And and really my prayer for you as we walked into this weekend was that you experience the presence of God. I'm imagining a room full of people that you're there with us, that we're all together worshiping God, that there are hundreds and hundreds of believers with their hands raised to God and opening God's word together. And we will be again soon until we are. This is how the Holy Spirit will unite us together. Amen, everybody. I promise you we're going to do that. And then stay in a small group. Stay in a small group. You need it. And however that meets, uh, like I said, some of them online, some of them uh, meeting in person, however you choose or however that evolves. Uh, we want to pastor you well, care for you well. You can do all of that through a small group. And then remain faithful in your generosity. You are a remarkably generous church. And we have a lot of opportunity right now. And we're doing the best we can to care for members in our church, people who've lost their jobs or who's struggling in this season or there's some uncertainty in our community. And and families and children and the most vulnerable, the elderly and single moms and widows. Come on, we have a responsibility according to God's word to care for those people. Say amen to that. And we need that. Your generosity just makes that happen. Even though we're not meeting in person, uh, it makes that happen. So I'm asking you to prayerfully consider uh, doing that. Let me give you a word of hope really quick just before uh, I jump into the message. We are in week number two of uh, this series called Make Room. But I want to give you a word of hope uh, just about where we currently are. Matter of fact, this needs to be your word for the week. How about that? How about I give you a word for the week that you can just sort of grab a hold of. You can write it on your mirror in soap or lipstick, preferably if you're a guy, not lipstick, uh, and write it on your bathroom mirror and just say this over and over. So Paul, the apostle Paul is, he's really in despair. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this, I don't have time to tell you, but he says he's distressed and in despair unto death, which, which is, which is biblical language for Paul is suicidal. Like he, it's so bad. He thinks, I don't know if I can make it through this. And then Paul encourages himself, like he's writing a letter to the church at Corinth, but he kind of encourages himself in this. He writes this in that situation. Follow along 2 Corinthians uh, 1 and 10. It says this, that he has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. And on him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Now, three things I got I to give you. You got to write them down. This needs to be your word for the week. He has delivered us. He will deliver us. And he will continue to deliver us. Would you say that out loud to everybody? Say, he has delivered us. He will deliver us. And he will continue to deliver us. He's just going to keep showing up. He will deliver us. This is not forever. God is with us. Look at me right in the eyes. Come on, look, look at me right in the eyes and hear this. Let me tell you, God is with us. God has not forsaken us. God is with you. I know it doesn't look, I know things look terrible. I know that it, it may be, you know, a lot of stress with your job and finances and what are we going to do and kids and how are we going to get through this. But I will not let the devil isolate me to the point 
that he gets in my mind, he convinces me that God's not going to come through, or that we're not going to make it. Nope. God's, I, I know too much about him. He's already delivered us. He will deliver us, and he will continue to deliver us. Say amen to that, everybody. All right. All right. Let's jump into week two of Making Room. I want to bring you a quick message uh, uh, in this series. If you missed last week, catch up on uh, the podcast uh, for that, on the audio podcast. It was our last weekend. We were able to get together for a, a season, and I'm so thankful for those of you who were able to do that and chose to be with us in the room. Uh, if not, I'd love for you to catch up on the podcast. So this is a series about spring cleaning. Does anybody spring clean? Do you do that? Do you spring clean like the areas? Are you, are you starting to do that? Hey, this is a good time. Like when you're, when you're at the house, like Brandy and I already are talking about what rooms we're going to start going through. You know what I mean? Like the, the honeydew list is already forming as we speak. And I'm thinking this is going to be some time we can be together and play Monopoly. And she's like, let's do that. And then let's clean that closet out of clothes you can't fit into no more. You know, like, <laughs> like let's, let's clean. And so in that series of spring cleaning, I, I, I think there's some other stuff we need to clean out of our life. Like I think we need to really look at our calendars and our budgets and our minds and our thought life and our faith. And we just need room for God to move. Say amen to that. We need more room for God to move. And God has a lot to say about it. This is kind of our theme verse. It's found in the book of Haggai, the first chapter. Haggai 1 says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. I want you to think about and evaluate where you are. Because you've planted a lot, but it feels like you, you harvest little. Like I, I keep working all this time and I don't feel like I have much to show for it. And you eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your feel and and you put on clothes but you don't feel warm like it just never feels like enough you earn wages maybe you felt this before you put them in a purse with holes in it it feels like I never just have enough to satisfy and this is what the Lord Almighty says give thought to it like give thought to why you're still feeling empty when you feel like you have more I've got more but it feels like less I do more but I feel like I have less I'm just, I feel crowded. I feel like, I feel like, you know, there's just too much. And so last week we talked about margin. I won't re-preach it to you, but we said you need margin in your life. Margin in every area of your life. Margin in your prayer life. Margin in your spiritual life. Margin in your moral life. You need emotional margin. You need financial margin. You've got some extra time margin probably right now. Your kids are at home. This is, you know, you got some, you got some extra projects that are going to be uh, completed. Some of you are praying that this ends solely for the fact that you need someone else to come get these kids before I kill them <laughs> before like just before it goes south I, I got all I love them over there I love them uh, somebody else for a few hours and so you got some time on your hands you need margin for that let me just give you a, a quick word right here don't binge watch Netflix why don't you binge pray? Come on, somebody. Why, why you got some time? Why don't you binge God's word? Why, why, don't, why don't you? Uh, we got a kids service online right now. Those of you joining us, there's, there's kid, you know, kids online. Uh, we're bringing you a full kids experience. Why don't you binge God's word with your children together? And just use this time to really be in God's word. And we talked about spiritual margin in your life. And I want to hone in on that for just a couple of moments for you uh, today and in this weekend's message. I want to hone in on uh, the idea of having some spiritual margin in your life. That if you'll raise the level of your expectation for God to move, 
and you'll make some room for God to move, that God has more he wants to do for you. Do you believe that? Say amen. Like, I believe God really wants to do that. And I want to, I want to tell you a story from the Old Testament, uh, maybe a story that you have if you've been around the Bible a while or that you haven't heard, and it's found in 2 Kings. And before I give you that scripture, let me kind of give you the context of where we are. 2 Kings is in what's called the divided kingdom in Bible history. There are two kingdoms actually in the land of what is currently Israel. Uh, there are the northern kingdom of Israel and then the southern kingdom of Judah. And they have two different kings. And they eventually both are, are in captivity. Israel goes first. They fall to the Assyrians. Uh, and they're taken and led into captivity, the nation of, of Israel, the kingdom of Israel. And then the kingdom of Judah, not, not too terribly long after that, is taken into Babylon. And Israel especially, uh, sort of, if you read through the history in Kings and Chronicles, you'll find, you know, they just, the kings that are in power are, are not godly. They don't follow God's plan. And then in Judah, it's a little bit better, but eventually, it, it, you know, it's kind of the same up and down uh, deal there. And Elijah, if, if, you, if you've heard of, of the prophet Elijah, in the Bible. Elijah, in the first part of 2 Kings, uh, he dies. Elijah dies. And he, um, he, he goes to heaven. He doesn't even die. I mean, he, the Bible actually said he, that, that a chariot came down and took him to heaven. So Elijah's gone. Let me say it better that way. Nothing dies. Elijah's gone. And he's in heaven. And the Bible said he gave a double portion of his spirit to his son in, in, in the prophet. As a matter of fact, they would call them the sons of the prophet to Elisha. It's not his physical son, but it was with him in his ministry. The Bible says he gave a double portion to Elisha. So now Elisha, follow along, is the prophet of God in this season. And so that's where I'll pick up the story. And I want to tell you about this margin of spirituality in your life. Give you a word from God's word. And then, and then I'll let you go today. It's found in 2 Kings 4. If you have your Bible, if not, you can look on the screen. And it starts like this. It tells the story of, of, of a man and a woman, a wife... Of a man from the company of the prophets. So in other words, Elisha knew this uh, wife and he probably knew the husband she's referring to. Because he had worked together with Elijah who is now in heaven and Elisha. So a wife of the man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Elisha's coming through their, their, their area and she says to him, your servant, my husband, is dead. Elisha, you know, doesn't give his name, but you know my husband. And you know he's dead. And he was your servant and he worked with you. And you know that he revered the Lord. You, you know that he did all the right things. And, and, he's, and he's dead. But now it, that, that he's gone, his creditor has called Coming to take back then, they didn't, you know, like, you know, when the collections is calling you and you pretend that that's not who it is, you're like, oh, oh, that's just a telemarketer. That ain't a telemarketer. That's your light bill. That's who that is. They didn't have that. Just a creditor just comes by and he's coming to take my two boys as his slaves for my now deceased husband's debt. In other words, it's bad. My husband's gone and it's getting worse. Does that sound like where we're living? It's bad, and it's getting worse. And I don't know what we're going to do. And this is a terrible time. And then Elisha replies, and this is a remarkable reply. Elisha says to her, how can I help you? <laughs> Tell me, what do you have in your house? Underline that in your Bible. How can I help you? 
What do you have in your house? This woman's so scared. It's, there's just, you can just feel the sense of overwhelmed. And really, I, I chose this message for you in this season and on this weekend because this is, I, I imagine there are people around the world, especially in our nation and our communities, maybe even our church family, who feel this overwhelming grip of it's bad and I don't know what's coming next. Like my husband's gone and they're coming to take my boys and I don't know what I'm going to do. And this fear just grips and I'm hurting and I'm struggling and I'm confused. They're going to take my, it's bad and it's getting worse. Write this in your notes. If the size of your need seems too big for you, it's just the right size for God. If it seems like, I don't know how we're going to fix this. I don't know what this, I mean, this, this seems like, I got no answers. I got more questions. I don't know how we're going to keep the house. I don't know how we're going to continue to keep the cars. I, I, we're already behind, and I don't know what's going to happen now. So it's bad, and it's getting worse. And I just want to encourage you this weekend. If you've got a need that you think, this is just too big, I don't, I've got more questions than I've got answers. I've got more problems than I know what to do with. I don't know where to get this. God specializes in that kind of miracle. Can I get a better amen? Listen, this is just where God shines the most. It's in God's wheelhouse to do the impossible in your life. And this woman goes to the prophet of God and says, Hey, look, it's bad. It's getting worse. And Elisha says to her, Tell me what you have in your house. That's a, it's a powerful phrase. I don't have time to preach fully to you. But I want you to underline it in your Bible. That more times in my life, listen to me, more times than not in my life, when I ask God for something, God asks something for me. You didn't catch that, so I'm going to say that again. A lot of times in my life, I'll ask God for something, and God looks at me and says, I'm not sure what's in your house. Let me say it better this way. Be careful what you pray for, because you may be the answer. Right? God... But keep my neighborhood safe in this crisis. I, I, my neighbors are elderly, and I don't know what's going to happen to them, and I, I, I'm worried about them. Okay, what's in your house? H- have you knocked on the door? Have you, have you made a call? Is it like, what, 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 do you, what do you have? To, tell me what's in your house. What do you have in your house? You need to ask yourself this question. Write this down. What do I have that God could use? What do I have that God could use? What do I have that God's saying, you've overlooked some stuff in your own house. I, I haven't left you. I know it looks bad and it's getting worse. But if, you, if you'll be honest with yourself, there's more blessing in your house. Say amen to that. Like if I'm honest and look around, there is more there. And during this season, I'm asking our whole church family, literally, physically, and spiritually, what do you have? If you've got something extra, this is the time. This is the time to call five or six friends from church or from your neighborhood or from your school and the classroom where your kids go and say, is everybody okay? I, 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 I beat somebody up and got an extra roll of toilet paper and I'm willing to share it, you know? Y'all didn't do that. Just no, no. the other service that was watching, they, they, they do that stuff. But I, 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 I can share with you. I, I can help. What, what do you have? Do you have margin financially? What do you have so that you can be generous? God, what are we going to do about this crisis? Well, I don't know. What's in your house? 
God, I, I have a burden for people that are hurting right now. Well, I've blessed you with more than enough so that you could be a blessing to others. Say amen. God never gives you more than you need just for you to eat it. Just for you to consume it. Just for you to hoard it. God blesses you so that you can bless others. That is the principle of the kingdom. What do you have in your house? Be careful praying for something that God goes, that's a good idea. Why don't you do that? That's a great plan. Why don't you do that? God, we need more. That's a good idea. Why don't you spearhead that? God, I got a burden for this. That's a great idea. Why don't you? I put that in your house. I put that in your heart. I gave you that calling and gift and extra and blessing. Are you there? Say amen. amen. What do you have in your house? What do you, what do you have? And then, and then she answers. I'm going to keep reading. In 2 Kings, she answers and she says, Your servant has, everybody say nothing. nothing. I got nothing there at all. Except, <laughs> this is my favorite part of the story. I got nothing. God, it's all terrible. It's bad and it's getting worse. And I don't know what we're going to do. And the sky is falling and there's no sunshine and clean water and smiles are outlawed. And what are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. It's getting worse. The prophet says, what do you have in your house? I don't have anything left. Well, I do have that one thing. Okay. <laughs> Except a small jar of olive oil. There's a lot of times in my life I over-exaggerate my lack and I underestimate my resource. I over-exaggerate my lack and I underestimate the blessing of God I do have. I highlight what I don't have and I minimize what God did bless me with. I don't have anyone at all. No, nobody's here. But I've got a small group of 15 people who've called and texted me and tried to get me to answer the door. And I won't answer the phone call or text message. Am I helping you, somebody? So don't say I got nobody cares about me when they're trying to get to you. I'm over-exaggerating my lack and I'm underestimating my blessing. Nobody cares about me. Well, you got to answer the phone when somebody from your small group calls. No, we're, we're going broke. I don't know what we're going to do, but I did find this incredible deal online and I bought four of them. <laughs> right? What, 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 do you, what do you have? I don't have anything. Well, I got this thing. And so Elisha, verse three. So Elisha said, okay, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. And don't ask for just a few. Underline that phrase in your Bible. Don't ask for just a few. And then go inside and shut the door behind you. They're uh, social distancing. And your sons. <laughs> and pour oil into all the jars. And as every one of them's filled up, set it aside. Uh, this is the key point. Don't ask for just a few. How many times in my life have I needed much from God, but I've asked for little? How many times have I really needed God to come through? And I just, I'm so worried. And I just, I have this faith problem where, you know, in the New Testament, it goes like this. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. You ever been there? And, and I just, I, I don't know that I have, I don't know that I have what it, and, and the prophet says, listen, this is important. 
Don't get just a few empty vessels. I want you to bring as many as you possibly can. And every time you fill it up, as each one is filled, put it to the side. Now, if you're this woman, never know her name, but if you're this woman, in your mind you're going, you, you missed the point where I only had a small, a small jar of olive oil. So I don't know how I'm going to take a small jar of olive oil and fill up. It didn't say, look, spread it out. It says you're going, every one of them is going to be filled up and then you put it to the side and just keep going. And there's some stuff God wants to give you. You're just going to have to bring empty vessels. You're going to have to make some room for the miracle you need. You're going to have to really be honest about, I don't need this, but I need that. I can live without that, but I can't live without the presence of God. I can't live without the people of God. I can't live without the Word of God. I can't live without prayer through this tough season. I can't live without, I, I can't live without studying God's Word in this. I, I need that, but I need this. And you make room. Verse 5, she left him. Keep reading. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, underline that in your Bible, every jar she had was full. She said to her son, bring me another one. And he replied, there's not another jar left. I, that's the last one. And then, say the word then. Then, then the oil stopped flowing. The oil of your miracle and the provision you need from God, the blessing, the restoration, the redemption in your life, the healing in your body, the healing in your mind, it is contingent on the amount of emptiness you bring to God. And the moment you quit, you say, okay, God, that's all I brought. I don't, I don't know. This is, then the oil stops. Then. The implication is, if you'd have had more, I'd have given you more. The saddest thing in heaven is when you go to heaven and you realize God had more. Oh, I, I would have answered that. I would have, I would have I just, but you, you didn't make room. You, you didn't make room for none of this. Or to live your life in reverse and sort of go back and see, oh my gosh, I missed the chance for God to bless me and show up and do something amazing in my life just because I didn't bring enough availability to God. Just because I said I was too busy, too broke, too, too isolated, didn't have the time, didn't have the space in my calendar. Are you still there, everybody? Just, I just need, I need empty jars. Listen to me. Look at me. I'm almost done. God will take care of the miracle. Hear, hear this today at Church Online. God will take care of the miracle of providing more oil. God will take care of your family when they close down the factory. God will provide a sitter when you got to go to work and the kids are out of school. God's going to come through and you're not going to lose your house or the cars or starve. God's, the miracle is God's part. Listen to me. The miracle is God's business. But empty vessels are yours. Availability belongs to me. That's, I, I, I control, I control the, the pouring of the oil. However much I need from God, I control that. Providing empty, you got to make room. You can't ask for more if you can't hold more. You, you, you remember that old movie line? Give me the truth. You can't handle the truth. You remember that? Yeah. That's a bad movie. Y'all shouldn't have watched that. I, God, I need more in my life. You can't handle more. 
You didn't bring me availability. You've overcrowded your schedule. You've overcrowded your mind with the wrong thoughts and negativity and Fox News and CNN and all this stuff's in your mind. Now you're asking for peace, but I can't get it in there because I got to go around Facebook to get there. That was free. <laughs> I, I want to give you all that stuff. I just There's no space here. There's no financial margin. There's no room in your heart. There's no room in your life for God to speak to you, challenge you. Listen, the miracle stops at the moment of your emptiness. When you, when you, just, when you say, okay, God, I, I, that's all. That's all. You, you only have access to this stuff. Then God. The miracle belongs to God. Emptiness belongs. I like it better this way. Write it down like this. God will always fill you to the level of your expectation. God will always fill you to the level of your expectation. Always. Always. The miracle is always God's. So it ends like this in verse 7. So she went and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil, pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what's left. You know what I love about the God of the Bible? Even when you undercut... There's always more in God. Even when I fail and don't get it right, God says, you cannot just pay your debts. I'll give you something to live on. God, I love the God of the Bible for that. I'll still come through. Even when you mess up like I do. Even when you, when you lack faith like I do sometimes. Even when you struggle with belief like I do sometimes. God will always show up and do more than I ever thought possible. Say amen to that. Let me give you two principles and I'll leave you with this today. Two principles to make room for God to move in your life. Here's the first one. Write this down. I want you to look at what's left, not what's lost. She comes to Elisha, and the first thing out of her mouth is, my husband's gone. They're going to take my sons. They're going to become slaves. I, I, I just can't deal with all this loss. I just can't deal with all of this. And, and, and the prophet, the first thing Elisha says is, what do you have? What do you have left? Look at what's left, not what's lost. She'd lost her husband. She starts fearing her sons are gone. And, and sometimes it's hard to see what we do have when you keep focusing your mind on what you don't have. So let's get out of a lack mindset. Let's start thinking abundance and provision and blessing and miracles and faith over fear. Let's start believing. In this time, focus on what you do have. I, we, we wish we had more. I wish, the, I wish they hadn't closed down for a couple of weeks. But you know what? We were saving a couple of, couple of months back and we got a little extra back on our taxes or, or, or something came through. I'll tell you about our church. A, a couple of months ago, we were very close. We had two signed offers contracts that we had put in on a piece of land to build to build God a house and I was devastated that we lost it I just couldn't understand we've been faithful and we've done everything we knew how to do and why 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 won't this work fast forward a couple of months let me just tell you because of the because of the faithfulness and and prayers of our trustees and their wise counsel. We now have financial margin in what may, may be a tough season financially that we would not have had God given us that land. There's some stuff I don't even know. I'm just telling you. 
you got to look at what's left and not what's lost. You may think it, it, it may not look like a whole lot. It's just a small jar of oil. But think of what you do have. Think of what you have in this season that you're home. and Or maybe you're having to work from home. Or think about the time you have, the energy you have, the blessings you have. i got more talent than I'm using. I've got more resource than I'm using. I've got more creativity. I've got more relationships than the devil's lied to me and told me I'm alone. I've got more power through the Holy Spirit than I'm tapping into. Look at what you have left, not what you have lost. Here's the second thing, and we'll pray. In this season, I want, I want to ask you to see what God could do through you. See what God could do. Bring me the empty vessels, he says. Bring, bring, like, and don't get a few. And that's what I'm calling you to in this season, is to raise your level of expectation. That God can do more. That God, I'm, a, I'm not going to just crowd you out with all this other stuff in my mind and then can't figure out why you can't get joy to work up in there and peace to come into my mind when I've crowded it with negativity and all of this other stuff in my mind and negative voices. I want to raise my level of expectation. I'm not going to believe for just enough to get by. I'm going to believe for more than I need to get by. I want to be a blessing to other people. I want to be a blessing in this season to my family and my neighbors. I want to, I want to, I want a blessing on my children and their children and my my generations that legacy looks back and says man there was a season when it didn't look good but God was faithful and we kept giving what we did have and say God what could you do with this God it's not much but what could you do with this God it's not a lot but listen to me here's the last thing and we'll pray not enough in God's hands is always more than enough not enough. I, and the math doesn't add up. All you math whizzes out there, it doesn't make sense. But if you'll put not enough, I don't have enough faith. I don't have enough joy. Our marriage seems like it's not enough right now. It's been broken and fractured for a while. And, 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 and I, I'm, I'm overcome with anxiety and depression. I just don't feel like I have enough. Okay. What do you have? Well, I got a little bit of faith left. Okay, bring me that. We've got, we've got, just, okay, bring that. Well, I, I've got just enough peace that, that I, okay, bring that. Well, I read this one scripture on Facebook that, that really encouraged me today. Bring that. I, I, I got, I, we got just enough, okay, bring that to God. Not to me, to God. And put it in the hands of a God who created it all anyway. You'll have more than enough. Not just to pay your creditors, not just to take care of this crisis, but you'll come out on the other side of this crisis with the peace of God that passes understanding, joy in your family, restoration in your marriage, redemption for your children. Come on, everybody. We're not just going to survive this. We're going to thrive in Jesus' name. Amen. Bow your heads. Come on, bow your heads, church online. Let's pray together. Let me receive this blessing over you right now. Matter of fact, why don't you kind of hold your hands out like, a, like you're receiving from God. Father, I pray for every person that's watching, that's worshiping with us. I pray for everybody in this room and whatever room they are around the hill country and the world. Father, I pray in Jesus' name their mind would, would leave what's left, what's, what's been lost, and focus on what they have left. That God, they wouldn't focus on their lack and what, what isn't going well and what isn't working how it's not coming together. All that negative stuff that the world's swirling around them about how bad it is and it looks like it's getting worse. I don't have anything 
Well, except this. And so, God, I'm bringing it to you. Come on, do that right now in your own way. I'm bringing what I do have. I'm bringing the little bit of faith I got. It's fractured. I, I'm bringing the little bit of peace I've got. It, it's not the best sleep, but, I mean, I, got, I found this one scripture, and I've been holding on to it since I lost my job. I found this one thing that we're just holding on to as a family, as a marriage. I found this one promise from God. And so I'm going to bring it to God. What do you have in your house? Just bring that to God. God, I'm putting it in your hands right now. Come on, do that. Spiritually, would you put, maybe with your hands extended, give it to God. Okay, God, here it is. You're the God of miracles, the God of the impossible, the God who is more than enough. God, you're not going to be waiting on me. I'll bring you all the empty vessels I have. I'll bring you everything. God, I'm all yours. As a matter of fact, if you've never prayed that prayer, I'm going to give you the chance to do that now. You can empty your whole life and make your life that vessel. You just have to pray a prayer that sounds something like this. Jesus, I believe that you came, that you died for me, you were buried, and you rose again on the third day. I believe God has exalted you, that given you the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, my heart today bows. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of trying to live on my own, do this on my own, walk this life on my own. I turn it all over to you. I don't just believe you and trust you to save me, but God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I give you my emptiness, my brokenness. I bring you all of me. Fill me up with the Holy Spirit. Fill me up with that power. Fill me up with peace and love and joy. and God, that's available in the Spirit. God, I give you my life as an empty vessel today, and I bring you all of my brokenness. I believe you're going to not just bless a little bit. We're not just going to get by. We're going to have more than enough to be a blessing, to share, to to do what you've called us to do, to live out purpose in our life, even in the hardest of seasons. I believe you for that. I trust you. I declare that blessing, that there is more than enough. In Jesus' name, and everybody shout amen. amen.